The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Some Pharisees came to test him, and they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gospel means good news. So one might be wondering, where is it this morning? (laughs) It seems that Jesus is laying a heavy burden on those who choose to be married. The burden was set from the beginning Genesis tells us, therefore, a man shall leave his mother and cling to his wife. It's a burden. Marriage is difficult. The liturgy for holy matrimony, it's in your prayer book, is full of language that ties and binds in the eyes of God and in the congregation present and ends with these words. Those whom God has joined together, let no one put asunder or separate. Not just the husband and the wife, but anyone. No one should attempt or seek to destroy. Again, it's a burden. God has joined many things together in these modern days, many people. He has every creature of the earth also under our care. Therefore, we must seek to provide and to protect and to be sure that every opportunity is given to them to thrive. Couples of all sorts, animals, everything, the creation is uniquely bound to us as God has given to us. God has given us a family. The relationships we have with our mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers must be held in the highest regard. 
We must do all that we can to love each other and to respect each other no matter what happens in our families. That means mother-in-laws as well. It's a burden. Husband and wife, humanity to creation, father to son and mother to daughter, we are charged there also in those relationships by God, and it can be a burden. We are always charged in the law in the Old Testament, while all these I've just mentioned occur in Genesis. And yet here we are, bruised and battered by the words of Christ as they were relayed to him. We focus our intent on his words as we ought to do. They are to some extent, a burden. Where are you with your mother and your siblings? Where are you with your care of creation? Where are you in your love of your spouse? Where are you with the love of your neighbor? I find it interesting that we spend a great deal of time in the Christian church, not the Episcopal church, but the Christian church, the whole church, arguing over homosexuality and very little time discussing how often traditional marriages fall apart generally over the sin of one person in the relationship to the tune of 30% in churches. God's word to us is so much more and so important. It's like a love letter that's been compared before and I thought about this a little bit differently. A love letter written by a soldier to his beloved back home. Telling of his battles and all that he's seen and all that he sees to come because of these great battles. Of all the momentous tasks he must undertake and of all that he sees that is bad around him and good. Where humanity has been wronged, where there is so much work to be done because of the weight of the old atrocities. Remember the old atrocities I told you about, dear, he writes, that the former people wrote about in the Old Testament. They were laden with death and disease and sin. He continues in his letter, if only, my dear, if there was something I could do to break the strain, if only there were a way that me or someone could come and change everything by shedding light on all that is dark in this land. It's such a burden. Burden. In the midst of that battle, he continues in his letter that a man has come and he has tested, even though he's been tricked on many occasions. Isn't that what it said? The Pharisees were testing him. A man came and they tried to trick him. So what did he do? He used their own language their own laws, their own mores and customs to shed light on those past atrocities. He used their own law to show them their need for someone who overcomes law, transcends it. In effect, this man becomes the law, which of course is grace. And we are the beloved. We are the bride awaiting church. This is home that's being written to in those words. It's her home. It's your home. It is the body of Christ. 
In an effort to make amends, he continues in the letter, he was tricked again by one of his own. He was questioned, but this time the soldier writes, he did not answer except to say that I have done all that I have done is through not my power, but the power of another. No more stories, no more parables, no more use of the old law. The soldier can't understand, he writes to his beloved. He has died so that all could live. It is beyond me, he says. It is incomprehensible. It seems like pure lunacy. It can't be explained. Why would he do this? None of us are worthy of his blood. Why? Why? Why would he do this for me? It's such a burden. We have a horrible habit of reading the lectionary for the few short paragraphs that lie before us and leaving it just in the context of that page that it occurs on. But like the beloved cannot understand the whole of the soldier's grief and joy until she has read the last line, neither can you or I pass judgment until the last word is spoken. And even then we can't because it is only God who can judge. And even then, even then, even then the last word has not been spoken because his grace, his blood, his sweat, and his tears covers all. And in that, there is no burden. When you realize as you rise above the clouds that all is starting to clear, when all the weight is lifted from you, when you realize that home this body is forgiven. You are. I am. And there is a P.S. to the letter. He says that he has a picture. He wishes it were a photograph. They were bringing little children to him, and he was blessing them. He continues, I wish I could be one. The last three weeks of the lectionary the common tie that binds it all together are children in all three sections. We are children of God. You are children of God. You are children of the light, of the grace. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes marital relationships have to come to an end. And guess what? You are brought to him and blessed like a little child over and over and over. No burden. No more tears. The battle is over. He signs his letter. She writes back to him in one sentence before he comes home and says, it's time to come home. 